Hello, I'm Kyle Caldwell, and this is On The Money, a weekly look how to get the best out of your savings and investments. Today's episode is focused on thematic investing. Now, the best way to view thematic investing is an attempt to preempt the big future trends of the world and then invest in the sort of companies that will, in theory, benefit from this. In terms of funds, there are actively managed funds that specialise in a certain theme. The fund manager aims to pick the best shares to capitalise from that particular theme, such as technology. There's also passive strategies, so index funds and exchange-traded funds, ETFs. These funds track an index of companies that are expected to benefit from the same trend. So rather than relying on the stock-picking ability of a fund manager, the investor here is gaining rules-based passive exposure. Now, there are numerous themes, but the main ones include cloud computing, robotics and automation, the adoption of electric cars, and clean energy. A couple of weeks ago, I had a really interesting chat in person with John Mayer, who is Chief Investment Officer at Global X ETFs, which has a number of thematic ETFs. Today, in a remote interview, as John is based in New York, we're relaying a lot of that conversation that we have for you, focusing on the opportunities and pitfalls that investors need to bear in mind when investing in themes. So to kick off, could you briefly run through the various themes that Global X offers investors the opportunity to have exposure to in an exchange trade of funds, so an ETF? And could you pick out what the top couple of themes are in terms of popularity? Sure. Kyle, it's great seeing you in London a few weeks ago. So I'm glad to be on the podcast. Now at Global X, we are one of our core competencies is thematic investing and uh, we have themes uh, ETFs that fulfill various different themes, both in the U.S. as well as Europe. Some of the themes that everyone has been talking about lately has been AI, robotic technology, cloud computing, cybersecurity, financial technology, blockchain technology is, is coming up again because of possible approvals on a spot Bitcoin ETF in the U.S. that potentially could happen in the next uh, month or two. Also, themes run the gamut of Internet of Things, um, of clean technology, more broadly or more specifically like solar and wind. In the U.S., while it's not necessarily technology-based, another theme that is very popular because of tailwinds that are going on are in, related to fiscal packages in the U.S. is uh, U.S. infrastructure. Congress has passed a bunch of packages in the U.S. that is helping that theme move along very nicely. Those are some of the more interesting themes uh, or topical themes at the moment. Also, electric vehicles and the ecosystem surrounding electric vehicles, whether it be battery technology or lithium production, all necessary for electric vehicles, as well as a lot of the sensor technology around that. Those are just a few of the themes that Global X has ETFs within. So let's drill down into the mechanics of how thematic ETFs are constructed. So... When an index tracking a theme is constructed, companies are usually screened using some sort of revenue requirement. So, for example, the rules of a cloud computing index may require companies to derive a defined percentage of their revenue from the theme of cloud computing. Could you talk us through this in more detail, John? 
Sure. And that's a good question. And there's many different index methodologies. Uh, remember, a large majority of ETFs are index-based. So when an, when an ETF is created, it may follow some existing index like the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ 100, or there could be more bespoke indexes that are created to encompass the companies within a specific area. Now, you asked about cloud computing. The index methodology varies from provider to provider, depending on the index that you follow. So our cloud computing ETF, for inclusion, a company must either derive at least 50% of the revenues from certain sub-themes, cloud computing companies, or generate at least $500 million in U.S. dollar revenue from the provision of public cloud infrastructure or public cloud companies. Now, the index selects the top 30 cloud computing companies ranked by revenue percentage. It's also subject to certain considerations. So, for example, it could have it has a maximum of five data center REITs that could be included in the final index. And the index selects the top public cloud companies by revenue attributed to uh, public cloud infrastructure. Now, if there are fewer than 10 eligible public cloud companies, all eligible public cloud companies are included in the index. There's other requirements like minimum market capitalization of $200 million, a minimum free flow percentage of 10% of shares outstanding, average daily volume has to be greater than or equal to $2 million over the last six months. There's, there's various other components that go into it, but revenue screen um, is an important component in our cloud computing ETF, as well as most of our thematic ETFs that we bring to market. So you've mentioned, you know, there are a number of thematic ETFs that investors can gain exposure to. Now, knowing which theme is going to outperform in the future, I think that's no simple task. And even if you correctly identify a trend, how can investors be sure that in the future, that, you know, the, the future growth, it's not already priced into that theme? Sure. First of all, you have to remember an ETF is a living instrument. Companies go in and out of the ETF during the reconstitution period, or if there is a corporate action, the our cloud computing ETF, it's reconstituted twice a year. Others reconstituted once a year. We believe that in terms of thematic investing, you have to look at a longer term investment horizon, uh, more like three to 10 years, really depending on the theme. And that living instrument, that ETF structure brings in new companies as the market evolves. So I would look at adoption, the adoption rate at which the legacy market is disrupted, You know how fast the new market is growing, average multiples, are they completely out of sync, trend of top line surprises against consensus to see how companies do relative to industry estimates, are they growing faster, are they slower, improving margin profiles or something to look at. And as themes gain adoption, the underlying business model evolve and develops. And those are key things to look at from our perspective. And is there anything fair that you would add to the point there is also the risk that, you know, a theme can potentially fall victim to becoming a bubble or being a fad? What are the warning signs that, you know, a theme, it may not endure? Well, um, first of all, you have to remember, again, going back to this living structure, the ETF concept, uh, companies go in and out. Uh, Companies are bought by other larger companies. Companies potentially could go out of business. Not all companies inside the ETF move in the same direction. That's why the great 
concept of buying an ETF, you're buying an inherently diversified instrument. That's a positive. You're not just buying one company. Now, sometimes a few stocks may be overvalued by other companies relevant to a particular theme. You know, certainly in the AI space, there are certain themes out there that some could argue that are overvalued, whether it be NVIDIA and AI side, or potentially it's still early stages. And because they're the only game in town, they continue to grow. If a trend is established, if that trend is credible, timing of the entry should matter less because, again, you're more, you're diversified inside uh, the structure, the ETF structure, the theme that you buy. Look at historical themes like social media, EVs, cloud. For late stage themes, valuations do matter and you have to time it right. But for some of the earlier stages themes, earlier stage themes, the valuation and timing may not matter as much. You've touched on diversification. Does diversification vary depending on what theme is being tracked? I assume that when a theme is less mature than others, then there are less companies in that index for the thematic ETF to follow the up and down fortunes of. Yeah, that's a good question. And again, the structure encompasses many different companies. And so if you look at our our robotics and artificial intelligence ETF, certainly there's a technology exposure, there's an industrial exposure, material exposure, consumer exposure. So it does cross many different sectors. Certain themes, say financial technology, may be a little more isolated to financials and related to companies within the financial ecosystem. But certain themes are more diversified. So it really depends uh, on which theme you're talking about. But sure, because of the ETF structure, because you're holding at least 20 companies, usually more, there are uh, components of diversification across sectors. And over time, if and when a theme matures, how often does an index introduce new companies for the ETF to gain exposure to? And I also wanted to ask, when a theme does broaden, can that potentially dilute returns as you know more companies are part of the theme, the theme's more well-known, and therefore potentially in the price? So first, let me take the first part of your question. As themes mature, ETFs are, are constantly brought in and out of an ETF uh, during the reconstitution period. Also, if there are certain IPOs in the market that are notable, they could potentially be included in the ETF. Going back to the, the concept that the ETF is a living structure, companies are always going in and out of the ETF. That's the nature of the structure. The index rules search for companies that fit into the rules of the index methodology that go inside of the ETF. And some ETFs have within the index methodology are reconstituted once a year, twice a year. But if there's corporate action, a company gets purchased, it could leave the ETF, a company IPOs, it could be included inside um, the ETF. So it does change often. But when a theme becomes more utilized, more companies come into the space, the ETF does encompass more companies. In terms of dilution, you know, it's market cap weighted typically. Um, and it really depends on index methodology. So the larger companies will have a higher weight in the portfolio and have more impact on the overall return of the portfolio. Uh, certain 
index methodologies have caps on weightings and things like that. But, you know, as the theme broadens out, potentially you could have more companies in there. Doesn't necessarily mean it dilutes your returns, though. And where would you say thematic ETFs fit as part of an overall portfolio? I mean, are they more satellite holdings that potentially could add some spice to long-term returns to, you know, sit alongside core holdings, which may be, you know, a, a global fund or a global index fund, for example? Sure. You know, ETFs and the ETFs that we use inside the portfolios that we manage, uh, meaning kind of ETFs of ETFs uh, or the actual ETFs, they're they're more concentrated on the thematic side by by design. Because if you think about how you're going to use this in a broader portfolio, being that most of the themes are growth, momentum-oriented type strategies, you want to manage your overall risk. So a moderate investor is going to have a very different risk profile and amount of inclusion of growth momentum than, say, an aggressive or a conservative investor. To that point, yes, we believe these are satellite exposures. They uh, typically have low overlap with the existing portion of your overall portfolio by design, and they're nice complements. Also, if you used in a risk-managed way, it doesn't meaningfully add to your uh, risk metrics, to your standard deviation or tracking error of your overall portfolio. So yes, we suggest these are used as satellite exposures in a broader, more typical asset allocation. My thanks to John, and thank you for listening to this episode of On The Money. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a rating or a review and follow the show in your podcast app. And if you get a chance, do spread the word by telling a friend about it too. You can join the conversation, ask questions, and tell us what you would like to talk about via email on otm at ii.co.uk. And in the meantime, you can find more information and practical pointers on how to get the most out of your investments on the Interactive Investor website at ii.co.uk. See you next week.